0: Hello, friends. I hope all of you have been doing well. Uh, my name is Scott. This is the podcast Coffee and Books. If you're new here, I like to talk about different types of coffee um, and, of course, different types of books that I've been reading. Uh, so we got a lot to cover lately. Uh, so recently, I've tried Dunkin' Donuts frozen coffees. So if you're not familiar with Dunkin' Donuts, it's a popular chain that's here in the United States. Dunkin' Donuts, obviously famous for new donuts, but they've been getting better on their coffee. Uh, and so recently i've been exploring different frozen options Um, i personally enjoyed it i had a hazelnut swirl uh, with almond milk today very delicious so highly recommend checking out dunkin donuts and if you haven't already done that please do all right next we're going to talk today in particular about a couple of things Um, we're going to talk today in particular about a new manga series that i've been reading moroni kenshin Um, if you're not familiar I would recommend listening to the other episodes first. Roroni Kenshin involves a story of a samurai who is basically lost in the uh, 1800s Japan. Um, He's trying to find his way after the revolution that has caused everything in Japan to be modernized. If you're not familiar with Japanese history, a brief summary. Um, The samurai lost their power in the uh, late 1800s, about 1860s, I would say. And it was at that point in time when Japan started to be modernized with different types of uh, industrial revolutions, uh, things like guns, uh, trains, all different types of more more modern or the equivalent of modern back then items were being brought over more and more Western influences into Japan. Uh, This, in effect, had a dramatic change and shift in the government, uh, which obviously the samurai of old versus the warriors of the new uh, clash a lot in this novel, in this series, and that's what makes Arone Kenshin to me very worth mentioning. Um, it's an older uh, manga series that came out in the 1990s, so we're going to go over Volume 3 today. In particular, Volume 3 is where things are starting to take off, and we get to see how the series is. Again, the series is also a anime TV show you can probably find on YouTube or Netflix or a couple other sources as well, so please be sure to check out Arone Kenshin. Um, anyway, so if you like, I said if you haven't already been following with the story, I'm gonna kind of briefly go into it where we were where we were at. Okay, so let's do it. In Roroni Kenshin Volume Three, we start with Chapter Sixteen. In Chapter Sixteen, Roroni Kenshin and Sanosuke take Megumi a character who was recently introduced in the last novel series as an opium dealer, back to the dojo where they can discuss her situation. She came seeking Roroni Kenshin as a sort of protection in order to prevent her life from being killed or being tortured by a group of evil men. Um, The friend of Sanosuke runs over and tells them immediately that there were goons that were going to attack them and that the goons that were attacking them before have been murdered by the crime boss, Kanryu. So Kanryu is the ultimate gangster. He's the sign of the new world. Uh, Kanryu is the equivalent of the capitalist sort of gangster who's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And of course, greed is the motivating factor for him, whereas Aroni Kenshin, the motivating factor for him is to leave a just world to do good. So... Unfortunately, when they go over and witness the attackers that were being murdered, they the attackers, or Kanryu, recognizes Megumi. Um, instantly, she is being tracked back to the dojo by other warriors, and it sets off a chain of events, which we're going to go over now, in Chapter 17. In Chapter 17, two new villains appear at the dojo, Huyotoko and Hanya. So, Huyatoko is a big, beefy man, like a sumo wrestler, who has the ability to use a flamethrower from his mouth. His teeth have been removed, and in its place are wooden flints, which he can use to create a fire from his stomach, where gasoline and fire is pumped out of his mouth into the direct vicinity of his enemy. It is a very, very fearsome uh, attack. Um, Not only that, but you also have the fact that he looks like a villain. So, very, very disturbing. To me, he looks like the Incredible Hulk. That's just a side note there. So, Yotoko attacks first and doesn't think he needs any help in defeating these warriors. But, Sanosuke rushes to attack and punches him very hard, but it does not easily injure him because of his girth and muscles. Yutoko then uses his secret flamethrower to burn Sanosuke. Kenshin then taunts Yotoko into attacking him, and what is possibly one of the coolest scenes of the series so far. Utoko uses his flamethrower against Kenshin, but Kenshin he whirls his blade in a circle to dispel and blow away the flames. And it is a race to see who is going to tire out first, Kenshin or Hitoko. Hitoko eventually runs out of fuel, and he has to refuel his fire. Uh, but while he does this, Megumi actually is running away so that nobody will uh, go after her. She thinks that Kenshin doesn't stand a chance, but Kamaya catches her, and forces her to watch what is the battle. Is After all, Kenshin is fighting for her safety, and they think that she needs to stick around, obviously. Um, so I already don't like this Megumi person. I think she's already gotten Kenshin in enough trouble. The fact is Kenshin is willing to help her only because she is a person who's in danger, and she's following prey, or rather, she's prey for Kenshin to go attack other people, which is something we'll cover later on. But in the meantime, I don't like her because of the main fact that here are these warriors that are fighting to defend her, and she would rather run away and try to escape because she thinks Kenshin is weak and cannot defend her. He, she doesn't believe that he's a warrior. Although, clearly he is because he just uh, defeated, or rather is a, in the middle of attacking these assassins. Um. So, spoiler, yeah, he does defeat them. Big surprise, though, right? Okay, so... In chapter 18, Sanosuke wants to continue fighting and quickly attacks Hiotoko. But Hiotoko manages to get more fuel into his stomach, and Sanosuke goes through the flames in a brave but daring move in which he runs up and grabs the flamethrower out of this guy's mouth and removes it from his stomach, which is a very gross but very interesting artistic design that they did. And uh, while watching from a distance, we see what happens next, where... Senosuke, you know, is very badly burned on his arms, but then he uses his strength in his legs to kick uh, Hiyotoko and kick him hard, so hard, in fact, that he does fall over and that he is easily defeated by Senosuke. But meanwhile, from a distance, an assassin is aiming a poison dart at Megumi. Uh, but Yahiko, the little boy that we met in the earlier chapters, notices this and runs to defend Megumi. He is struck by this dart, Thinking that he saved the day, he is very excited, but then he immediately passes out due to a poison that was inflicted on the dart. An enraged Kenshin goes after the assassin. In chapter 19, the assassins escape through, even though Kenshin is pursuing them for the antidote. Megumi takes charge to save Yuhiko's life. But then we have learned about her history and her background. The reason why she takes charge is because she is a former doctor's assistant and she knows and has studied about poisons. And that is why she knows exactly what medicine to get to treat Yihiko. Eventually a fellow doctor appears and it also briefly explains Megumi's past and that the sense that she has nowhere to go because her family was murdered during a revolution that had occurred as her family and her particular wealthy family were wealthy to the loyalist government that was overthrown. As a result, her mother, father, brothers were all murdered, or rather, went missing. She is the only one that was left, and that was because she was studying her uh, degrees in medicine and getting working with fellow doctors. When she was working with this doctor, this fellow assistant, they were kidnapped by the crime boss in order to produce a higher quality opium that could get people more addicted easily, to give a stronger high. Only her and this fellow doctor knew the recipe. But unfortunately, the other doctor was murdered by accident by the crime boss. And as such, Megumi is the only one left alive who knows the, how to make this powerful drug concoction. That is why that the criminals are pursuing her so mercilessly, because she... It has the ability to make this high-quality drugs. They will murder her if they learn the secret of how she makes it, or they will make her force her to make it. Either way, they just want the product to be made and pumped out into the Japanese world, or underworld, I should say. As a result of all this, we have a conflict where she thinks that she's dragging Kenshin needlessly into this battle that he does not need to be involved in. She also does not forgive herself for she thinks she is responsible for the deaths of many innocent people and as such is taking a less than honorable approach in my opinion to treating the way that the circumstances have been given to her. Rather than asking for help she would rather take her own life or run away from the situation in order to avoid more shame. She does not think she has anywhere to turn to but Kenshin in a beautiful moment talks to her and explains that she does deserve to be forgiven because this is not her fault. Now, in Chapter 20, we learn that there's a local bookseller that appears outside of the dojo, and Megumi goes to take a look at it, but then is immediately kidnapped by the local bookseller, who turns out to be an assassin, and then she meets uh, the crime boss, Kenru. Kenru explains it again, that no family would want her, that she is, should be ashamed, and that she has no choice other than to come back to the place, the mansion, where they are producing the opium. And as a result, he said that if he do, she does not do this, he will destroy the dojo, burn everyone, and kill all her friends. But she can end it all now if she writes a letter to them and comes back to the mansion where this crime boss, Kenru lives and start producing the opium again. But knowing this might mean her certain destruction, she writes a letter that's beautiful to Kenshin and Sanosuke and Yihiko explaining about how you know, even though, you know, she thanks them for their sacrifice. She's decided to leave, but Kenshin easily reads through the lines and decides that this was a letter that was being intimidated and threatening on purpose, and that he feels that her life is in danger, and he still needs to go after her. While Yuhiko is recovered fully after a couple days of the poison, it is decided that Sanosuke, Yuhiko, and Kenshin will go and attack and try to save this woman's life. However, Yahiko is a young boy, and the others don't think that he should go, but he insists upon going only solely because she saved his life after he saved hers. And she, as Yihiko turns more and more into Kenshin, we're starting to see the similarities of how this young boy is wanting to grow up and become the next samurai. Alright, in chapter 21, Megumi shows up at the mansion of Kanru. She says that she will help him, but attempts to kill him with a hidden blade, as she thinks that this is the best possible solution. She does not care for her life, but if she can take out the crime boss, then the production will be slowed or halted until someone else will take over. However, she is stopped as Kenro decides to torture the information out of her with his secret bodyguard and team. However, at that precise moment, Kenshin arrives at the mansion. There is a private army that attacks them, of 50 men or more. But Kenshin, Sanosuke, and Yohiko easily defeat the 50 men that were bodyguards. In a daring moment in Chapter 22, Kenshin asks Kanru to surrender, but Kanru tries to bribe him. Then he asks for one hour so he can prepare to give Megumi back to them. But Kenshin trusts this for some particular reason. And what is perhaps the dumbest move that I think a character can make This is one part of the story I don't agree with, is that Kenshin tries to intimidate Kanru by cutting down a sword post, which is a very beautiful artistic scene where he's like, I'm going to murder you if you basically don't give back this woman, Megumi, because you are threatening an innocent life. But he bows down to the demands of Kanru and gives him the hour. The hour which he could use to torture Megumi and get the information he needs anyway. And once he has that information, he can easily dispose of Megumi. So what's the point of even waiting an hour? I don't understand. And even the other characters, Sanosuke and Yihiko, disagree with Kenshin on this. But again, alas, I think it's all about honor. And Kenshin is one of those people who definitely respects honor. And decides that this is the best possible solution to give Kanru one hour to get the necessary information ready. All right. In chapter 22, we meet, uh, let's see, Ken, Kenshin and Kanru again are on their paths of destiny, but a new villain appears, Ayoshi, who is the sole top bodyguard of Kanru. And he recognizes and takes charge of the situation that Kenru is not going to be strong enough to defeat Kenshin. And at this point, Kenru only cares about the money. So Ayoshi tells him basically get lost. Then he goes to the prison where Megumi is being kept and gives her her blade back. He recognizes who Kenshin is, which is the Batosi, the warrior, the samurai the main person of the revolution that led all these soldiers into battle. But he desires battle with Kenshin, and he explains that he's been searching his whole life for a warrior this strong. And he gives Megumi back her blade and gives her the choice of suicide, because to him, the money doesn't matter. And he is grateful to Megumi for bringing this warrior to his doorstep, as he thinks battle is the purest form of honor that one can achieve. Again... This is a strange concept for me to understand, but I think the best way to explain it is this, is that Ayoshi was only there because he needed to make a living after the revolution. As he was a warrior, he needed to find a purpose, and his purpose was to find the strongest competitor, recognizing that this person, Roroni Kenshin, or the performer, Batosi, is the strongest person he can ever come across. He decides that this is the best possible outcome and as such, he is so grateful he decides to pity Megumi and give her a way out. This is the end of the book of Volume 3, so we do not quite know what will happen next. However, there is a bonus story at the end of this that covers a earlier chapter design of the story of Potosi, and in particular, how the crime boss Kenru decides to interact with Ramoni Kenshin. Again, this is an earlier story that was written as to a more comedic effect. So that is the bonus chapter story that is ending the novel. And we are eagerly waiting to see what will happen when Kenshin goes to war against Kenru and his soldiers. All right, so that's the end of Volume 3. So what did I give it? I give it a 4 out of 5. Why am I giving it a 4 out of 5? Well, in particular, as you can tell based on my description of this manga series... Um, I don't agree with all the decisions the characters make. Maybe it's because I'm not understanding correctly the choices of honor and the choices of what they plan to do, but that doesn't mean necessarily I don't appreciate their work of art. Again, there's a lot of beautiful scenes in the novel, a lot of, uh, battles that are taking place, but I felt like this particular episode, this volume three, had less action and more explaining to do, in particular, It had more explaining to deal with the background of Megumi, which we did like. However, I definitely felt like, overall, this was still a great continuation of a great series, which I continually look forward to. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Again, this is Coffee and Books. If you'd like to reach out to me, please email me at Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16 at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you for listening to this episode. If you have an opinion about this series, I would love to hear it. Maybe you're further along in the series than I am. But I will continue reading it and describing it to you guys. And I look forward to another episode coming soon.